Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together after Thanksgiving in our Cleveland studio. It's good to see you. How you doing? Oh, same, same. Good. good. Real quick, how was the Thanksgiving? Good. Made uh, smoked the turkey per usual, and uh, had my family up, and uh, it was it was it was mostly uneventful. Uh, so good. Well, I went to West Virginia, and I've got a story related to Trump that I'll bring up uh, when <laughs> we get to that. But bad week in terms of mass shootings. Um, a Colorado LGBTQ club was shot up by a guy who, it seems, was motivated based on pure hate and, and religious fundamentalism. Um, at least that's what his father says. His father was bragging about how, faith, how much faith he had and how he was glad his son wasn't at a gay club because he was gay. And I'm like, wow. How about uh, not being a quadruple murderer or whatever? So I, I, won't, I don't know if I can go as far as to say it was dr- driven by religious fundamentalism. Um, when you go... And you look at the kid's history, um, you look at the family history, there's a lot of not right there. Right. You know. Very, seemed um, like a very hate-filled guy, the father anyway. Well, <clears throat> not I mean, yeah, the father, like the father was out of the picture for the most part um, for, his, for a good portion of, the, of his life. Mom was in and out of jail for, you know, different, you know, different things. Um, you know, she once claimed that she was kidnapped and then turned out that she was just, you know, lonely and looking for attention. And, you know, there were other incidents and, you know, like the father, you know, is a piece of shit and, you know, basically the same thing with the mother. Um, you know, this kid had an incident a couple years back where he barricaded himself in a house and, um, you know, threatened to... Kill his mother with a bomb Kill his mom right? with a bomb, yeah. And, you know, the police showed up and, you know, like, took him into custody. So, and then the, somehow, like, no, there's video of this. Like, he recorded it with, like, a GoPro camera when okay, it happened. Okay, I didn't see this. So, yeah, I mean, and he's, you know, he's wearing, like, a, you know, tactical helmet and storming through the house and telling the police to bring it and bring it on and everything else. Um, you know, when you look at the kid <clears throat> and you look at his face, you know, um... It, it just doesn't seem like all the lights are on, which you would expect was, coming from... A, a mass murder. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, like, so, the, you know, to say that this was driven by religious fundamentalism, I, I, I don't know if I... Like, that's almost not necessarily giving him... Like, that's just... It's almost too easy, right? Like, there's something else going on, and, I'm, and whether it's just... Okay, I'll, I'll withdraw that because I don't know that. I just was listening to the father and didn't know the background. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, like, and listen, like I said, the father, you know, he makes his claims about his religion, but, you know, I mean, he left this kid and his mother, you know, when the kid was like two or three years old, um, and, you know, was kind of in and out of the picture, and and uh, again doesn't have the best track track record himself. Uh, believe he has a you know pretty substantial criminal history as well, along with the mother. So I mean, like, look, these you know this kid, you know, the apple didn't fall far from the tree um, as it relates to the shooter, and um, you know it's just uh, you know terribly tragic, 
you know that he was able to do what what he was able to do at at, at that club. Um, you know, killing those people and terrifying those people. I mean, I have so many friends that are gay and trans that, you know, with just the violence and and aggression towards gay LGBTQ people, um, you know, looks like it's it's definitely on the rise. You know, and and well, it's being publicly spouted by, amongst others, Lauren Boebert. I mean, Lauren Boebert uh, came out and you know. Thoughts and prayers for this tragic, you know, terrible tragedy. Blah blah blah. But you tweeted up something. Yeah, that you I put just, up. look. I mean, I, it was a collection of her tweets that were very, uh, you know, hate-filled, anti-gay, trans rhetoric. Um, you know, calling them groomers of of, of children right. and, and you know, sexual predators, uh, and you know, calling for you know, like religion to to conquer all and everything else and and. You know, for her to then turn around and it, with all this thoughts and prayers BS, um, nobody's buying it. And you know, I, I, you know, she is is you know, it's very frustrating that you know a person like her or Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these other Republicans have you know worked their way. <clears throat> sorry, have worked their way. Um, you know, into our into positions of leadership in our government, um, and you know, are, and are allowed to be openly uh, hateful, essentially, uh, and then get rewarded for it by not only being elected but then getting reelected. Yeah, right? um, Which it's going to go to a recount, but we all but expect, still, yeah. You know, I mean, the fact that it's even that close that it's going to a recount, given that she's literally done nothing for the state of Colorado and her district. Um, has said all these ridiculous things, has the track record that she has. I mean, she and her husband have a rap sheet, you know, that is, you know, similar to Tupac's, and yet, you know, <laughs> she's a fucking congresswoman is is, is absurd. Um, you know, and then, you know, this, this hypocritical oxymoronic bullshit of, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. It's so sad. Thoughts and prayers. Like, you don't care. You know, if you did care, you wouldn't say the things that you say you know, publicly at public speaking events, on the news and the media and on social media, you know, essentially rallying people like this person who did the shooting to do the exact thing that he did, right? Like, and if you can't make the connection between what you're saying uh, and and what's going on, uh, then then again, another red flag as to why you should not be in office. Right. You know, and then, you know, speaking of red flag laws, this is a little bit, and this is, this goes into, you know, my pushback against, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the call for, for more, for more laws and, right. and more, uh, you know, restrictions on, because at the end of the day, like you're going to, if you're going to put those laws in, then, um, like someone, then the people who are in charge of, or who are responsible for for executing those laws, they like they need to do it, right? Like this kid, you know, held his mom uh, hostage, you know, threatening to have a bomb. Now he didn't have one, but you know, it's on video. Police were called. He's threatening violence, and not just not just violence. I mean, he's, he's talking about blowing up a home, and right. yet he still has access to guns. Right. Right. And so it, it's just it, like in and if you you know Colorado, you you have these laws, and yet they didn't work, right? And so th there's, 
like if you if you want to if if you're going to have them, then you then you need to use them. Otherwise, now you're throwing them on the books. And what happens is, you know, for situations like this, they don't get enforced. But then, right. you know, you have a guy, and you know, but then then there's these situations where you have, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife who have disputes or whatever, and you get somebody pissed off, and then they. They do it out of spite, right? Not that there's an actual threat, not that there's something going on, but then like you have a total reversal of what should be happening, right? And so it's like if we're going to put these laws in place, then then we need to use them. But if not, then what's the point, right? Like the, the point of the red flag laws in Colorado are to stop guys like this, right? And it didn't work. And it's not the first time and it's not the only time and it's not isolated incidents. Um, you know, New York is another state that has, you know, insane laws and we've talked about it and Cuomo and everything else. Um, but you know, New York is not, is, is, is not off the hook here either. Right. I mean, there, there, have been, you know, shooters in New York who by all, by all accounts shouldn't have been able to get a weapon and yet bam, there they are. And bam, there they are. People, you know, people right. are dead. Right. I'm the shooter in, Buff- in the Buffalo top supermarket. Being a prime example. One of the people that stopped the Colorado shooter is a guy named Richard Fierro. And he was asked by Jim Acosta if he would support um, Biden's proposed assault weapons ban. And this is a guy who was in a mass shooting two days ago. And he said, I really don't think that'll work. He said, I'm in the, I, you know, I was in the military. I know how to use a weapon. I don't have, he said, I don't personally own guns, but my wife has a concealed carry permit. Um, you know, so no, I don't think that, uh, uh, an assault weapons ban would do any good. And Jim Acosta was a little bit caught in his tracks on that one. Yeah, I mean, and that's just the thing, too. I mean, it's, again, I've said this, it's, it's yeah, the guns and people have, you know, the wrong people having access to them is, is problematic. But you've got bigger issues here, right? Like, you've got people that, that, need, that need either they need help or they need to be in jail, or some sort of combination. Yeah. They need that, you know. And we have to start to get to these issues. You know, you have the shooting in Virginia uh, that was at a, a Walmart, and this was a, a a black kid who, you know, felt that he was bullied and felt that he was mistreated and felt isolated and alone. And I think he said, "Well, he was driven by Satan." Yeah, um, he, wrote, so he wrote a self-titled death note. Yeah, so a, a manifesto, which is you know starting to become the which has become the the norm right like they write out this long thing explaining what they're doing and why they're doing it um and you know this one is a little bit different than some of the others just based off different demographics but it's still a a similar pattern uh and this is more personal because he went to a place where he knew where he worked uh he had been there since 2010 um and that that was you know that that's years and years of pent-up Rage and anger towards the people that he worked with, and I believe he killed himself too. Right? He did kill himself too. Uh, the gun he used was a nine millimeter handgun that was purchased that day. Which, when we talk about, I mean, but at some point, like you're like, if you buy a gun, right? Whether you have to wait, like at some point, it's going to be purchased that day, right? Like so, even if there's a three three day waiting period, right? And and a guy like this, even if he had to wait three days to get the gun, um. At some point, he's going to get it, and like you hope that the three-day, you know, period is a cooling-off period or something like uh, yeah. this. But look, this dude had been working at Walmart for ten, for you 12 know, twelve years. plus years, um, 
you know, I mean, there's there, there's an argument that the three day waiting period maybe cools them off, but maybe doesn't. We don't, right? You know, it, that is one. So Republicans pro gun people say it's a mental health issue. Uh, liberal the liberal take is is a gun issue. We got to control the guns. Well, like we've talked about before, the guns are out there. So how to control them? If you've got a solution, I'm all yours. But neither side wants to budge off their um, you know go to issue to blame, and as a result, nothing's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Biden, you know, Biden went out and and he he said this weekend that you know there's no reason anyone should have a semi-automatic weapon. I heard that, and I rolled my eyes and said, Joe, shut up about guns. I've yeah, said this, but I mean, the question is, does he just not know what he's talking about, or ultimately is that the is that the goal? Just get rid of single, uh, get rid of semi-automatic weapons and have only single shots. You know, I mean, and and and. And revolvers, I guess. <laughs> right. I mean, because now, you know, if if that's the case, that, that's a that's an even different conversation, right? right? Um, you know, because you know, I think if you you know, like if you put multiple semi-automatic weapons on the table, right, and showed a lot of these people, all right, which ones, you know, from an AR-15 all the way down to you know, like some like a semi-automatic hunting rifle, you know, like the hunting rifle, they would leave alone. Right, even right. though it can do just as much damage as an AR-15 or whatever it might be, but they would go because of the way that it looks, right? And yeah. Because of the stigma and everything else, um, and and again, your gun issue in this country realistically is a handgun issue. It's right. not an AR-15 issue, you know. And it's like, oh well, look at these twelve AR. Look at these twelve mass shootings where they were where they used AR-15s. I was like, all right, well, how about these thousands and thousands and thousands of shootings where it was a handgun, right? And, yeah. that, and, and, and so, like, by if now, in a way that sort of hurts my argument to a degree, right? Because then it's just like, all right, yeah, you're right. We should go after both handguns and AR-15s. But it's not even, a re, like, you know, the progressives aren't even thinking that way. It's just like they see the big, scary AR-15. It's a weapon of war. We got to get rid of it. But then they start, they start talking about semi-automatic weapons, and they don't know what a fucking semi-automatic weapon is. And so you have people who don't know, like, this isn't, you know, this is, like, again, men talking about abortion, right? And then, you, you know, who don't know the first thing about a woman's anatomy or how a woman's body works, right? Now we got people who are talking about guns who don't know the first thing about guns or how guns work, who've ever shot a gun or seen one in real life. You know, you know I, you're 100% right. I'm convinced Biden said semi-automatics because he doesn't know the difference between he doesn't know what the definition of semi-automatic is, and a lot of these people don't. Um, and coming back to what we, I said last week, that when you live in that D.C. bubble or that East Coast bubble, it's really easy to not know shit but think you do, especially when it comes to things like guns. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I mean, he's just, and the other thing too, right, he's got, uh, you know, speechwriters and, and uh, staff that are, you know, just telling him different things and like, you know, they're going to ask you about this, say, you know, say these things, who knows what those people know, who knows how many people are in his ear, you know, so he could be hearing from three or four different people and mixing and matching the various things that they're saying. And, you know, at the end of the day, it just like, once it's out there, it's out there, you know, yeah. and whether, whether he knows the difference or not, doesn't almost doesn't matter from right? a political perspective. That's a disastrous statement for Biden, because if I'm running against him in 2024, I'm going to use the "he's coming after your guns" thing, which works anyway. But yeah. when you can just play a quote of him saying, "Yeah, you know," and again, I mean, and that just goes back to, 
you know, a lot of a lot of these Democrats not having a grasp of the big picture, right? Of 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 winning these elections and and putting things out there that make it easy for the GOP and Republican candidates to attack, right? And and use to pump up the the their their base, right? Uh, and you know, Democrats do it all the time, and oh, it's no big deal. And you know, most of the country feels like we feel. Really? Because all the elections are split right down the middle. Right. right. You're not winning in landslides. Right. Like right. you're 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 it's it's close, like you're you're the, the the main reason Democrats are able to hold what they have is because of, you know, like New York and California and a lot of your you know, I mean a lot of your heavily populated East Coast or, you know, California and the amount of uh, uh, electors and, and and just the size sure. of those places, like that's what holds them in. Because if you look at a map from an electoral standpoint, right, most most of the map is red, save for you know California, New York, and right. you got a couple purple states with a you know that sure, have but, a large impact. But you're right; it's it, population density. When people do the electoral map and say, "How can it, well acres of land don't vote, right. people vote," right, and, and um, uh, but one thing real quick on red flag laws. I agree with you. There's a potential for abuse, right? Like you said, you know, girlfriend can get mad at me and say, Jim's got guns in his house and he, he yelled at me yesterday, go get him. That's a problem. But so is not stopping this guy. And I don't know what the, where you draw the line, but if there's no action, if, in this case, there was, was he charged with attempting to... Yeah, so the weird thing with that thing, with the situation with the bomb, and that's the other big question, what the hell happened here. So he has that, he barricades himself in a house, threatens to blow his mom up with the bomb in the house. Police come, they get him out, finally, they do a sweep, there was no bomb, I think he did have weapons, maybe, maybe not. But the case gets thrown out, and it gets sealed, and we don't know what, for what reason or why or what happened. Okay. Right now, it could have been it could have been his age. I don't know because I think he was like sixteen or seventeen when that happened. All right, but that is something that should I I, I think you talk to any Second Amendment gun advocate, right? Looking at that situation, and you know, and I've talked to some already. Um, you know, since it's happened, it's just like that guy should have like after after that stunt, that guy that kid should never have had a gun, right? Or had had access to them. So how? How does that happen, right? You know, how yeah. does he end up in this situation where he's able to to you know get the get you know the weapons and the ammunition, you know, to walk into that club and do what he did? Do we know if he got the gun legally? Because I think he did, but I'm not certain. Yeah, that. I believe he did. All right? right. I mean, and 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 that's the issue here, right? Like, so you you you've got an obvious situation that he was involved in that says, you know what? No, for you. <laughs> right, and yet it gets somehow, you know, and then so and then this situation leads the conspiracy conspiracy theorists to just run rampant, Absolutely. right? Because they're just like, well, they knew that this du this dude was dangerous, and yet the case gets thrown out, his case gets sealed up, and so because of that, because he was, you know, because it didn't go, you know, further through the courts, right? The argument, and some people are making an argument that's why the red flag red flag law didn't work because there was no red flag because that got thrown out. Right. And so it, it's just, it, it, it's a, essentially it's a mess. Yeah. Right. And, and how do you fix it? You know, I, I mean, you, you fix it by having people paying attention and doing their job. 
right? right? And, and making you know sensible decisions um, about something like this. And I think a sensible decision would be, under no circumstances does a kid get a law or does a kid get a gun. Um, you make sure that it's 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 noted on the what is it the NICS. Um, you know when you, so when you go and buy you you when you go and buy a gun, you fill out a form from the ATF. Um, it goes into this like federal background check and like anything you've done with criminal history, it should come up. Um, you know, I think they look mostly for convictions, but I think they could see charges as well. Um, and like, so the fact like this kid shouldn't have been at minimum, this this kid should have been delayed, right? Even if that was sealed, it should have been delayed and someone should have made it, should have been able to make a decision on that. Although I don't know what happens on the, on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. All I know is what happens when I fill out my form and I submit it. And look, I get held up every time, right? Like every time I go in to buy a gun, like I just, I know I'm not getting a gun that day, right? Like I know that I'm going to fill out the form. They're going to run it. It's going to take about 15 minutes. They're going to be like, yep, you got delayed, which I, like I've, I've come to expect. Like, so having I, a common first and last name really works against you. It does. And I know for a fact that there is a person with a very, with a, with my name and a very, a birth date that's very close to mine. Um, that did some very bad things in the Cleveland area. Okay. And so yeah, that's going to work against you. Yeah. And that works against me. Um, so, you know, and, and I understand that, but I'm also not a risk for a mass shooting. Right. right. But, you know, like, so it, it's, you know, understanding the process from the, the, from the end of the buyer. Um, I don't know what, you know, exactly what they see. Like when they take all my information, I don't know what they see when they run it. Um, you know, I, I was only alerted to that. Uh, actually, I got alerted to that when I uh, was uh, completing a, a interview and hiring process for a job uh, because I, I almost didn't get the job because of the, the close relationship and name, birth date, and everything else because of, of this guy. So that is something that has come up. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it's incredibly tragic. And, I, you know, I've said this before, we need our... Uh, you know, civic leaders to to stop with the with the you know with their talking points, right? And to solve this issue of violence in our society, uh, not just gun violence, right? I mean, it's just but just to like I mean, you've got people doing all sorts of crazy shit, hurting one another. Like we have to start to dig in and start to find root causes, but that's hard. And f getting in and, and looking at the root causes is going to disrupt things, and it's going to point spotlights on different groups and different people and different demographics and different government leaders showing what they are doing, what they're not doing. It, and it's going to put, it's going to, a lot of people are going to look bad, right? And, and it's going to be hard and not everybody's going to be happy and it could cost people some elections. And, and ultimately that's why they're not going to do it, right? right? It's just too much work. It's too hard to do. And at the end of the day, um, doing that work and digging in and coming up with a viable solution that's not going to make everybody happy threatens political careers and they're not going to put they're not going to sacrifice the, their careers their power their access so we get these standard talking points because they look i said this i said the thing that we say right so you, you can't say i didn't say it right and we also also and we don't hold start, them accountable yeah, for it we also back to lauren bobert if your whole style is hate-filled rhetoric about how the other side is trying to groom your children i mean this is going to be weird to say, but if I actually believed that, you know, this guy thought he was saving children, 
I would at least say I understand your motive, which might be what he believes if you listen to enough of this QAnon, Lauren Boebert nonsense. So, there, yeah, I really wish there was an electoral consequence for spewing yeah, but nonsense. We, but here's the thing, though. We, the kid He's hasn't not. said anything. The shooter in Colorado hasn't said anything. You're basing off of what you heard his father say. True. We have we have no idea what this kid's motivations were. We don't know, like we have no idea where, where his mind was, what he did, why why he did what he did. Bigger picture, though, the amount of anger that's out there, the amount of of hate filled rhetoric from our civic leaders. It's not mm-hmm. just crazy dude at the bar. Now it's elected members of Congress. It's the fucking president. Yep. Um, that they're doing it, I think, empowers this a lot. And I'm just not speaking of the, the, uh, on this specific case. I'm saying just in general, it's out there. I kind of want to tell you an anecdotal story that backs up what we said last week. I met up with my buddy from college, whose name happens to also be Steve, and we were at the bar watching soccer, and um, he basically told me that he's done with Trump. So he's a two-time Trump voter, very much a party-line guy. Kind of the typical Trump voter from rural America. So they leave me alone, you know, keep the government out of my life, uh, don't give free shit to people who don't work as hard as me, but pay the police a million dollars and pay the military a billion dollars. Other than that. Right. Um, but but anyway, he said he's done with Trump. He says he wishes Trump would just shut the fuck up. But he loves Ron DeSantis. So DeSantis is in DeSantis is doing his magic. He's sitting there doing nothing and being the hey, we can get Trump without Trump. I know, right? What did that I'm, tell I'm, you? I, I am I am everyone's like DeSantis, he's gotta he's gotta declare him. No, he doesn't. All like listen, I I told you, I I told you, DeSantis is just going to sit back and let Trump be Trump, and Trump is going to be Trump, and Trump is going to run his mouth, and he's going to do shit like meet with Kanye West or Ye or Ye or whatever we're calling him, and Nick Fuentes at Mar-a-Lago, right? And we're going to talk about that in like two seconds. But DeSantis doesn't have to do anything. DeSantis knows that all he's got to do is let Trump be Trump, and then he makes his announcement. Whether it's a month from now, three months from now, or six months from now, it doesn't matter. But when he does, right, Trump is going to lose his shit. And then Trump oh, yeah. is going to say more shit, right? And DeSantis isn't going to say much. He's not going to have much of a rebuttal. And then it's going to be showtime and the lights are going to come on, right? And DeSantis is going to pull out his political AR-15 and just start... Tearing apart. You know, he's going he's gonna to start opening it up with a binary trigger. You know, I Ron mean, DeSantis is Floyd Mayweather. You're gonna swing and miss at him a lot, and then he's gonna light you up with some shots. And ba, 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 ba. Right, and and you know, will you ever be able to knock Trump out? You know, will he have the pump? You know, will will he? No, but will he have the power to pull people from the Trump side? And he's already doing it, right? He's gonna have the power it, because what's gonna happen is DeSantis' rhetoric is gonna shift a little bit, right? It's still gonna be very Trumpian MAGA, right? And more sure. MAGA than Trump, I guess. Which those things are starting to sort of separate a little bit. Um, but he's just going to use Trump shit against him, right? And he's he's going to he recognizes that he needs to pull the people from the middle, right, over to his side, and he's going to, you know, those people he's going to get them comfortable with him by pointing out all the things, all the reasons why he's like, look, I'm going to give you some a lot of the things that Trump gave you, but I don't have the baggage. Yeah. Right? I just got one wife. I don't have the mistress. I don't have the divorce. I don't have all this shit. Right? I don't have the shady real estate deals. Anything that I did shady is so protected by the government and you know confidential and everything else. You'll never know, right? So at the end of the day, you can get 
the best of Trump without the bullshit, right? And I'm only 45, 46 years old, right? Like, so, I mean, like, he, he can check all these boxes that Trump can't check, right? But still push a very similar agenda, but it'll feel better. It'll sound better. It'll, you'll, you'll, like, you'll trust that this guy, like, this guy can actually point to, like, you know, like, Trump went to Brown or wherever he went to, or, you know, Penn. wherever he went to Penn, yeah. But DeSantis can be like, look, I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. I, I here. You want to see my? You want to see my transcripts? Here you go. Right. Summa cum laude. You want to see my taxes? Here you go. Right. You want to see my taxes? Here you go. I had no issue putting my taxes out there when I ran for governor, so I'm going to do it again. Right. Like you. Here's my track record. This is what I've done as a leader. Right. What did What did this guy get you? Yeah. You know. I mean. And, no. And, I think it's it's going exactly the way you said. But when my buddy came out and said, "I'm done with Trump," I was surprised. I was not in the least bit surprised for him to say, I'm all about DeSantis. Yeah. And by the way, my mom, who's a hardcore liberal, 10 minutes into me getting to her place for Thanksgiving, we started talking politics, and she said, Biden can't run again. <laughs> she literally said, I'm 74. I'm not voting for an 80-year-old. She said, I know where my <laughs> mind is. I'm not voting for an 80-year-old. So there's two, anecdotal, there's two bits of anecdotal evidence that back up what we said last week. Nancy, Nancy. <laughs> but anyway, talk about what went on in Mar-a-Lago because I was not. Yeah, so I mean, so and look, it, it's it's pretty simple, right? So Trump has, uh, I guess I got to call him Ye, uh, formerly known as Kanye West, to Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago brings a surprise guest. The surprise guest is Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes is, uh, you know, he was you know Proud Boys, uh, the America First. Uh, PAC, the, okay. you know, AFPAC. Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke there earlier this year in February at, at, their, at the AFPAC conference where Nick Fuentes is talking about Vladimir Putin. He's like, you know, they say Vladimir Putin is kind of like Hitler, and they say that's a bad thing. I don't know. Is that a bad thing? Um, and then he's just like, and then, you know, to bring to the stage uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman, we you know yeah, want her to right. get her support and everything else. Right? Like, so... This guy is an open white supremacist. He's talked about, you know, segregation and Jim Crow being a good thing for black people and white people. It's better to have people separated. He doesn't believe in diversity. He's very anti-Semitic. He's talked very, uh, uh, a lot of hateful rhetoric, rhetoric around Jews and anti-Semitism and, um, you know, openly talked about, uh, has talked about, you know, Hitler not being that bad of a guy and having the right idea. Uh, you know, it had a lot to do with, you know, there was a lot of communication between him and people inside the Trump administration around January 6th, right? And people who were affiliated with him um, have been, you know, charged with uh, right. Uh, sedition, right? Like, so, um, you know, just a, a bad guy, right? And so Trump, yay, and this Fuentes guy all meet at Mar-a-Lago. It doesn't go well because... Kanye West has now decided that he is going to run for president and has basically told Trump, like, and, and this is from people who were there, where Kanye West was like, well, you can't do anything for me and, and you, you know, you don't have any, you don't have any power and you have all too much shit going on. I'm just going to do this myself. And, you know, and, you know, Fuentes is there, you know, basically, you know, pumping up Kanye West and Trump gets real pissed. You know, because they're not, you know, they're not they're kissing, kissing his ring, right? yeah. you know, and so it, it like it's a train wreck. But then, um, 
you know, Breitbart of all media organization comes out and basically eviscerates Trump in an article shortly thereafter. Like, why are you meeting with this guy? You know, you're meeting with Kanye West. He's crazy. But then you bring in Nick Fuentes and you can't say you don't know him. Right. Because we know that you know him. And now you're openly dining with him. And Breitbart is basically jumping off the ship. Now, the question I pose to you is Breitbart really that pissed about what 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 happened with Trump or are they using this as a way to kind of jump off you know, a train that is clearly off the tracks. I would put w- w- lots of money on the latter. Yeah. I mean, there. Trump is, based on s- some polling and some, you know, anecdotal stuff, is really losing steam. His his MAGA movement has still got the crazy in it, but yeah, he's 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 being left behind and he doesn't like it. Right. And and I think with with Breitbart, I think it's both. Right. Because Breitbart has is very has very strong ties supporting Israel. Um, you know, they've, they've got some Jewish members on their staff. Like they, like they uh, are quick to come out against anti-Semitism um, in any way, shape or form. And that, you know, like any sort of criticism of, of Jewish people of Israel, you know, they immediately okay. throw the anti-Semite tap on there. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's both, but I do think it's more the latter, right? Jumping yeah. off that train, you know, realize that Trump only got them so far that the MAGA movement is still moving and, you know, DeSantis, like they will probably also shift to DeSantis, right? Supporting him and, and everything else. And they'll probably pretty soon go to attacking a lot of what Trump is doing, um, or saying, and again, not a surprise. Uh, you know, I mean, I think if you... If you go back a few years, it may be a surprise, but just looking at the landscape and where things are at now, this really isn't that big of a surprise. Um, you know, it, it, in, in what it, it goes back to something that, uh, you know, we had said, I had said a while ago, is that this whole MAGA movement has outgrown Trump. Yeah. And I told you a while ago that Trump could die. Right, he'd have a heart attack or you know pass away in his sleep, and all this shit would still move and roll um, with the same sort of intensity and and cause you know all sorts of problems for Democrats um, because it has become more than a movement. And that's why you know when people call it a cult, eventually I stopped pushing back because it just you know because now it's just so. Con- I was like, but this is bigger than a cult, right. right? This is something different. This is something way different and bigger than a cult. And it, it's similar in the fact that people are just blindly following, right, the leader of this thing, this movement, and are putting themselves in harm's way, whether it's legally or actual physically with, with some of the, you know, this crazy shit killing people and everything else and, and, and the violence. But just, you know, the way the political leaders are moving and, and the, the rhetoric and, the, and, the not, and, and all that stuff, like, this is just bigger than a cult. Um, same concept, but I, I just, I, yeah. but bigger and just and more dangerous because of the number of people that are swept up in it, right? You know, I mean, we're, we're not talking about a hundred people, a thousand people. We're talking about millions oh, yeah. of people across the country, and it's even it's, it's even spread, you know, globally. Like you, you know, you're seeing like a, a faction of this sort of pop up in Canada, right? Where they where they did that crazy thing with the truckers in Canada right. during, during COVID, and you're seeing it in in Europe and different. In different countries, in France and and, and uh, Germany, have these conservative leaders that are, you know, trying to mimic Trump. Um, it's just it, it's just something that's bigger and much more dangerous because 
you know, there's no cult out there that's threatened the existence of democracy and have threatened our republic before. This, though, this is definitely threatening yeah. everything that is our country. I use the word cult because of the mentality. And I think the only area we disagree on is scale. Yes. So... Right, and, 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 but I, and, and the reason why I won't back off that to a degree is just that, look, look, because the scale is so big, it's so much bigger than, right. you know, any, any major cult that we've seen, you know what I mean? Like whether it's, you know, Ruby Ridge or uh, uh, David Koresh, Koresh yeah. or, you know, Jim Jones or whatever, you know, you take that, you just take the number of people involved multiply it out and then you see that the people who believe this and are following this whether 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 they believe it or they just see it as a roadmap to power they're still they're still they're still doing they're it. still doing it right and these people have infiltrated the police they've in in state level federal congressmen senators presidential candidates governors secretaries of state um you know all the way down to you know the the old crotchety guy at the bar to you know, college students, and all the way through, and they're they're making and they're making a move because they they want to change, they want the entire country to think and act like they do, right? That is, an that right. is a direct threat to, you know, our our existence, our way of life, and and it is something that we have to take very seriously, and deal with it within within the parameters and the framework of our democracy and of our republic because if we start to go say all right we have to get rid of them by any means necessary even if that means cracking a few eggs and breaking a few rules then either way we lose right if maga wins we lose if we beat them by basically destroying our democracy and ignoring our constitution then we lose the Part of what makes it work is that the people that get riled up by this cult mentality genuinely believe that they and their country are under attack and all they do is listen to voices that reinforce that. And when you, the real, the real challenge, and this is why, again, the cult mentality is a term, because when confronted with facts, with blatant facts, they can, do, they have no trouble looking in the eye and saying, I don't believe that, you know, Gas prices have dropped. Look at the fucking sign. It's 50 cents, 50 cents a month cheaper, not a, a gallon cheaper than it was last month. No, I don't believe that. It's right in front of your face, but you just don't want to accept a reality right. that doesn't meet your narrative. Right. I mean, I saw gas this week that was $2.99 oh, for, wow. for regular, right? Um, in my neighborhood, which was, which like, it literally caught me off guard. I was like, well, what is that a special? Cause like, sometimes they'll do like, if you pay cash, it's a lot cheaper, but I'm like, even if that's so, that's still a lot cheaper. Um, and I didn't even think about it. Right. Like I was just like, wow, that's good. Right. Especially for me. Cause I've been driving a ton. I drive a truck. Um, so I'm spending a ton of money on gas. Right. Yeah, like, sure. I mean, I got an hour, you know, an hour and 20 minute drive to Youngstown. I got a two hour drive to Columbus. Um, you know, I'm doing both those trips this week. You know, like Monday, I'm leaving for Columbus. I'll be down there for three days. Then I got to drive back, um, driving from Columbus to Youngstown, and then from Youngstown to back to Cleveland. Um, so I'm spending a shit ton of money on gas. So I'm very sensitive to gas prices, right? And you know, at some point in the next 18 months, I'm going to trade my truck in, and you know, I'm seriously thinking about a, an, an electric vehicle, even though I'll pay more for it on the front end. Just not being victim to gas prices is something that I'm strongly considering. 
has not I like and I uh, listen. I care about the environment and the fact that I don't want the world to blow up or melt or freeze or whatever. But at the same time, I I'm not an environmentalist guy. Right. right? Like I just I don't get caught in the conversation. People, I'm like I, I I don't I don't care. I'm sorry. What about our children? I my kid's fine. The world's not going to blow up before she's dead. If it does, then what the fuck are we going to do about it? You know, everyone driving electric cars is going to help. I mean, it takes a lot of fucking takes a lot of fossil fuel to get electric cars built anyway, right? Like, so it's six in one end, half a dozen in the other, depending on how you look at it. Environmentalism, not my thing, right? And you can call me right. whatever you want to call me, say it to my face, because I don't really give a shit, right? I want an electric car because I don't want to be victim of gas prices, period, right? right? I just don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on it, but whatever. Um, and I am an environmentalist, and I haven't... I do, I do pay attention to fuel efficiency when I buy a vehicle, but I haven't taken the EV uh, plunge. I haven't really even seriously considered it, and that's just because of I'm concerned about range, but that's a different discussion for another time. Um, so how many times on the show have I tried to get you to talk about something related to cannabis legislation, and you've told me, oh my talk to me when something passes? Uh, plenty, 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 plenty. Well, something passed. Well, and I sent it to you and you said, let's talk about it. Yes, and, and, right? and let's... So it's not a sweeping reform. Um, it's not like they're saying, okay, recreational weed, weed is legal across the country. Um, but I did see they quoted your uh, your friend Brian Buckley, who came on the show yeah. in that article. And he's been a strong advocate for um, treating PTSD with, with cannabis. I mean, strong advocate. I mean, all the profits... We started a business hub. Listen, like, all the profits from uh, the Helmand uh, Valley growers... Uh, goes to research and helping vets, right? So he has staked his entire career and life and well-being on cannabis and research and PTSD and helping vets. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and, and I just want to put that out there. Just, I mean, like, that's, that's how strongly he feels about it. Um, but what this bill does is that it clears the way to study and research uh, the, the impacts of cannabis. And, and if you look at how they're doing it, it's you clear the way for you know stud, like for for re universities and, and and hospitals to research cannabis, which means they can go get it and they can they can run tests on it, and there's no issues with the government, right? Right. And so what happens is once they can research it and officially say cannabis helps reduce inflammation, cannabis helps reduce PTSD, you know the effects sure. of PTSD. It helps kids with seizures, whatever it might be, cancer patients, all that stuff. Then you can say there's a medical use for it. Once you can say there's a medical use for it, you can change the the, Schedule. the, the scheduling of it with the FDA, right? And so once you once you do that, is it the FDA? Right? FDA, yeah, 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 yeah FDA. I, I, like brain fart. But once you do that and you you change the scheduling of it, and if they pass the uh, the, the the safe act, the safe act. Uh, the Cannabis Safe Act or whatever, which uh, the, the banking, it's a... Oh, it's one that does do with financing. Yeah, that okay. deals with the money, right? Allowing right. allowing people to use, like, so now you, you change the scheduling, you allow the uh, you allow the research to happen, you allow people, you know, like these dispensaries to be able to use regular banks without having to worry about their money being free, or frozen or stolen or, or um, you know, seized. Right. Um, now all of a sudden things are starting to open up and then the ability to just go ahead and legalize it and just deschedulize it or whatever becomes, a, the path is, is, becomes a lot clearer. And now you can see the path that they're going to take. Now the question is how long will all this take? 
um, until we get to essentially complete reform. And it may be a patchwork deal, right? We may yeah. need another bill or two to pass and get signed before everybody's in the clear in the way of cannabis. Right. Right. This is cleared or passed in both houses. So now it just needs to get signed by the president and, and by, it becomes law. And he yeah, has said he yeah. will sign it. If he backs out on that, I will lose my fucking mind. But yeah, it's, that's a big deal. And declassifying is absolutely huge because right now you can't get, like you said, you can't do financing with it and you can't get it over state lines legally where, where it's recreationally legal. Which brings me to how New York can fuck up anything. New York made recreational cannabis legal over a year ago. They have since grown, th- legally grown, 300,000 pounds of cannabis worth 70, $750 million. But they can't do anything with it because they haven't legally approved a dispensary yet. <laughs> so it's just sitting there. You've let these people grow this stuff. It, I don't know. I do know there are ways the pot can go bad. Um, but regardless, it's just what a fuck up by New York state because you took the bold move to, to not to decriminalize, to legally make recreational, to make recreational weed legal. I'd like to point out that I'm stumbling over every word and I have had no (laughs) cannabis or alcohol today. Um, so anyway, classic fuck up on New York's part. And I hope that they get their act together, especially it'd be great if they got their act together before I went to Buffalo for Christmas. Um, I don't know how fast that will occur, but, or I don't know if that, if that will happen. I'm not, I'm not optimistic. Right. But, but you can bet once they get this shit together, my trips to Buffalo will include opportunities to stock up. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, look, I mean, New York, (laughs) New York is is really taking it today between their, their cannabis laws and their, and their gun laws. Like it's just an example of what not to do. Uh, but I don't like the, the thing in New York, I really don't understand. Right. Like, so, all right, fine. We'll pass, but it's almost just like, all right, fine. We'll pass it, but screw you. Right. This is how we're going to fuck you. It's just like, what are you, a child? That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's, it's so absurd, right? Like, what are you, what are you people hanging on to? Right. Like now, I mean, cause we're at a point now where you, (laughs) You know, you you walk through Vegas, right? And the, oh the entire time, it just smells like weed when you're outside. Um, you 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 know, places in Michigan, you, you know, like you you walk around outside, and it's just like, oh, okay, all right, now we're all feeling nice. <laughs> um, and you know, like all the stuff that they talked about, like why weed was so bad, is just not happening, right? I mean, it's just like, look, I I use it. One of the biggest reasons why I use weed is that. Um, you know, I, I had an incident where I was, I, I got very sick, some issues with my liver and pancreas and kidneys. And, you know, my, my endocrinologist and liver specialist said, look, you, you really need to stay away from Tylenol on the leave, right? Like, you know, only in emergency situations, if, if you've really, really yeah. injured yourself. But, you know, I think as most of our listeners know, I lift weights on a, you know, almost daily basis every week. I lift very heavy weights. I'm a competitive power lifter. I push my body to the limits, you know, squats, deadlifts, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds, right? Like someone once asked me, like, how, you know, how much weight do you move in a week total if you multiply reps times weight? And I'm like, I I can't even do the math, right? From the warm up to my last sets, like I couldn't, like, it's just, it's too big of a number. And that sort of wear and tear on the body 
it hurts, right? Sometimes I get a knee that swells up, I get a shoulder, what have you. But given what happened to me, I do not want to go back to the hospital. Um, like, I, I mean, I one of my few near death um, experiences, and that's not an understatement. Uh, so I don't want to go back there. So I, I stop taking a leave. I don't take Tylenol, and I do still get you know things that flare up. And cannabis has helped. Like, uh, like not only reducing the swelling, reducing the pain when I feel it, but also I sleep better. Like I sleep, like I slept like a baby last night. I also uh, maybe hit my pen one too many times. Um, I was watching a show called Tehran or Tehran on uh, Apple TV. Very good, very intense. Um, and things got really intense and I was holding my pen to... And I was like, oh, I probably didn't need to do that. And then I ended up sleeping on my couch. But um, point being, though, is that like from, like it's anecdotal, but I know for me that it helps. And you can say, oh, it's mental. I'm like, look, <laughs> you <Okay>. go, <laughs> like, look, motherfucker, you go squat five, 600 pounds for reps, see how your knees feel, see how your back feels, right? And then try to, you know, like go without anything, right? And then, you know, see how right. you feel when you wake up. And then all of a sudden you take something and you can actually move, right? Like when I wake up in the morning and I can literally jump out of bed, right? Like very Dick Van Dyke, Dick Van Dyke style, right? I jump out, like this morning I was ready to go. I got out of bed and like started my day and got moving, felt great. Um, you know, even taking like a leave and Tylenol and all that other stuff, like, it, you know, things felt better, but I didn't have that same sort of like bounce in my step when I woke up because I wasn't getting the same quality of sleep. Because the one thing with, with Aleve and NSAIDs and, and uh, uh, like Tylenol is like they fuck with my stomach. Right? Oh, yeah. and, I th and, and that impacts, you know, that impacts your sleep as well. So, yeah. Well, and we mentioned Hellman Valley, the Hellman Valley growers. They would probably just have a, you know, laundry list of here's the number of people whose lives were really heading in a bad direction. And they're way better now, and this is the only change we've made. So there's your research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there's 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 there was a medical report that I read um, that talked about the the benefits and the impact of cannabis and CTE. Now, listen, I have a legit concern about CTE. I played football, high school, college, and had multiple concussions, and you know, for a long time, suffered from you know these really intense headaches. Light would hurt my eyes. You know, reading for long periods of time would literally bury me. And as a you know, lawyer, like when I was in law school, like there were times like sitting in the library with those weird lights, like reading that small writing because that's when you, <laughs> that's when you still had to actually use books, right? Um, you know, like I, I was in an in between phase. Like a lot, there was a lot of stuff online, but it was real kind of janky, and you ended up still having to go to the books and everything else. But like that was torture for me, because like my like I would get these like just brutal headaches where I almost saw like blue, right? Like it was just like my head, my eyes and everything would hurt so bad that I would literally, like I would have to fight through it because I had to keep studying, but like I, it was this terrible. And was it, was it CT? Is it, is it CT? Is it from the concussions? Is it from football? I don't know, but I mean, there's, there's a chance. There's a, there's a good chance. But what I do know is introducing cannabis into the mix. Like that stuff is now like, it's been, it's been probably close to two years since I had like a, a, a blinding headache like that, you know, and my, my that coincides about when I really started to really kind of pick up on the cannabis consumption. Right. So 
I don't know. Right. right? Yeah. I, I mean, but I, I got enough for me to say, look, I'm all for it. So, yes, let's pass this bill so we can research it, so we can have somebody say, uh, so we can have someone confirm this shit. Right. Like, so we can have Ohio State University or, uh, you know, one of these, you know, Northwestern or one of these research schools to, to say, yep, this is this is confirmed. Right. right. And we can get on a path towards legalization. And aside from the medical, just the criminal aspect, we can, st- you know, we can stop throwing people in jail for this shit, which has mostly stopped except for your, you know, people who are trying to traffic large amounts. But, you know. Right. Well, there's still people getting in certain states like Tennessee. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I think Texas actually, mm-hmm. I know they have a strong um, push, mostly based out of Austin, to legalize it. Hell, Joe Rogan, Joe, Joe Rogan moved there, so there must be ways to yeah, get no, it. Ain't but. nobody going to Joe Rogan's house. True. Um, <laughs> like, who, what, you, you think uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, is going to Rogan? Uh, no. Like, with what he's paying in taxes? No. Nope. Right. Agreed. Um, but, you know, since you brought up Ohio State, let's flip, uh, flip topics here. That was ugly yesterday. So, one day removed from Ohio State getting throttled by Michigan. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I just hated that game because it... <sighs> It was one of those games that just tears your heart out if you're a, a Buckeye fan because they ran the ball down our throats, just mm. pummeled us with the ground game in the second half. Well, in the second half towards the end, but I, I, I don't – like, so I have two issues with that game. So defensive coordinator doesn't make the adjustment coming off of man coverage. They stayed on man coverage, and they were getting beat. Like, look, they guys they, – guys, guys, guys. You know, and this is where, you know, people were getting a little upset with me yesterday. I'm like, look – Michigan has five-star recruits, too. Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. We watched him at uh, San Diego State. We watched him at Stanford. We watched him in the NFL. The guy is a good coach. He's crazy. He's He's absolutely out of his mind, and I cannot imagine what holidays are like in the Harbaugh home. But um, he's a good coach, and he's coached his guys up. We know, like his game has always been: we're going to run the football and we're going to use play-action passing to go to 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 attack defenses, and it works. Right. You, you get an offensive line that's big and nasty that can push people around. You get running backs that are athletic and fast and can make people miss, and you get receivers that can flat out fly and run down the field and catch the ball. That is a dangerous combination at any level in football. And and you know, I know a lot of teams do the spread and they do all this veer and all that other shit. But at the end of the day, a lot of these defenses, that's the other thing, too. A lot of these defenses are designed to stop the spread, right? They're right. designed to stop, you know, Defensive the wide back open. Heavy. Right, like, you know, you got a bunch of, you know, 240-pound defensive linemen, and you got linebackers that are 220 pounds. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to go get some big uglies that weigh about 330. I'm going to go get me a running back that weighs about 225, 230, right? And we're just going to cram it down your throat. Good luck stopping us, right? Right. And so they didn't make the adjustment to switch from man to go into a zone, right? I would have gone, I probably would have played cover two on the back, right? Leaving two safeties high, right? But having them alerted to, the, to, to come up and stop the run, I probably would have went man on the outside, right? So I've got my two safeties back. I got my corners covering tight, but I've got the safety help over the top, right? And then I'm running stunts and games with the linebackers over the middle to deal with the run game. Right, like you have to be able to make that adjustment in game. You cannot leave your corners right. out there when they're getting when they got burned the way they did in the first half. Right, and yet you did it right. So you get burned in the second half, and then they slow the game down and they throttle it. But ultimately, as much as people are pissed at the defense, my I my biggest disappointment is C.J. Stroud because yeah, okay. C.J. because the plays were there for him to make. 
he didn't make them. And what needed to happen is that he needed to use his legs. There were multiple times where he had wide open green field, and he, we know he's a good enough athlete where he could have gotten the first down. He could have gotten the yards that they needed, right? But instead, he wanted to pass, and he wanted to – because in part of this I put on – now there's a bigger connection here to he's a black quarterback. He knows that he's going to the NFL, and what does he not want? He does not want the stigma of being a black running quarterback, period, point blank, the end. And I'm telling you, that is why that kid would not run yesterday. Because you get the stigma of being a black quarterback that runs, and you fall in the draft, a la Lamar Jackson. No reason Lamar Jackson shouldn't have been a top 10 pick, but they didn't pick him in the top 10 because he was a black quarterback who ran, right? And, you know, they're just like, oh, well, Cam Newton, right? Well, yeah, Cam Newton was, all right, one. <laughs> yeah. Right. One. Right. And Michael Vick was one. Those are two special guys that went in the top ten who could run whatever, whatever. But yeah, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but what I'm telling you is that that is what is preventing him from doing what he needs to do to win games. And I would tell him, I'm like, look, motherfucker, you want to go top ten in the draft? Go win a national fucking title, right? Because Deshaun Watson, when he was at Clemson, he had no issue using his legs, but he also used his arm. Right. right, and 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 he ends up going, and he ends up being pretty good in the NFL. Yeah, his issues, you know, yeah. those were off the field, no, yeah. a little bit separate. Um, you know, he's figured out a way to massage his way back in. Nice, yeah, I had to work that. But, too hard. but at the end of the day, for C.J. Stroud, what he needed to do in that game was use his legs to extend plays and then to keep drives going forward. Right, which means you got to get out there and look. You don't got a guy that's open. Like, there were a couple times where the, the receiver wasn't doing what he wanted him to do, and he either tried to force the ball to the receiver or he threw the ball away. Get your ass upfield. You're too good of an athlete to sit there and be throwing the ball out of bounds, running out of bounds, and not getting first downs, right? Like, you have to be a fucking killer, CJ. Sorry, bud. You got to go out there and you got to go rip their throats out. And you had a chance. They had you by the throat. And you had a chance to grab back and punch them back, and you didn't do it. Now, it's correctable, right? And I think yeah. anybody watching the film, when you go back, you watch the All-22 where you look at it, anybody, when they go back and they watch the film of that game, Ryan Day is going to be able to point to that. Now, the, Ohio State's probably out of the playoff, but they may not be because the way shit went down, LSU loses. Like, USC could easily go in, lose to Utah in the Pac-12 championship. Um, you know, TCU did win, but there's there's a world TCU where— TCU won— well, they want to run big. away, right. but they have to play a conference title game too. Now, I don't know if a lot. Uh, I forget them. who they play because the, the, the Big Twelve uh, is in the match. Kansas State, I th- no, that was yesterday. No, I think it's Kansas State. Well, in the Big Twelve championship, yeah, yeah. So but either way, even with TCU losing, they would probably still go to the playoff because they're undefeated going in. Well, yeah, but they're right now they're ranked number four, so they probably go up to number three. Like it would be a very similar situation, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Ohio State could end up in the playoff, and at that point in time. Like, Ryan Day, staff, C.J. Stroud, like, you have to prove that you can make adjustments, right? Because for two years in a row against Michigan, for whatever reason, you can't you make adjustments. Right. right? I don't know what it is. It's, it's fucking bizarre, right? Like, they, they make adjustments all year long, and then they get in this game, and it's just like they keep doing the same thing. So we're going to keep doing the same thing, even though the thing that they're doing is beating us. Make the fucking adjustment. You know, like, so you go, if you get into the playoffs, or even if you go to the Rose Bowl, like, you got to show that you can make the adjustment. CJ Stroud, if the first down is there, you got to run, you got to take off, you got to go get that first down. You know, like, if you're getting beat one way, then you got to, on the, on the defensive end, you got to figure out a way to make the adjustments to stop that from happening. Um, and we just, we just didn't see that yesterday. We did not. 
Now so listen, also, the other thing too, Ohio State's not firing Ryan Day. He's oh, no, 45 and 5. You know, and they're just like, oh, well, next year, if he loses to Michigan, next year, he's going to be 56 and 5. Right. So, you know, I mean, like, let's let's stop with the idea that we're going to fire Ryan Day because he didn't beat Michigan this, you know, two years in a row. And it's the next coming of John Cooper. Now, listen, if he loses next year to Michigan three years in a row. um, Yeah, that's going to raise some questions. I still don't think you can in your right mind fire him because all I would do if I'm at Ohio State, I'm like, look at Nebraska. Right, like they, you know, they got rid of Bo Pelini because they thought that they could do better, and now look where they're at. Right, you know, you you can go down the line of, oh, we're such and such university, we're Florida State, we're Texas A and M, we're Texas. Right, we only deserve the best. We're gonna go out and get the best, and now look at now, you know, those programs haven't been worth a shit since they decided that they were the best. When you when you and. Michigan went through a, we need to dump the coach on a knee-jerk reaction, brought in yes. Rich Rodriguez, and how'd that work out? Did not. Brady um, Hoke. Brady you know, they, I mean, they bring in Brady Hoke and the wraparound Oakleys, and that did not work out well. And they were smart sticking with Harbaugh, right? And Harbaugh was smart sticking with them and vice versa. There was some drama there. But ultimately, you know, building the consistency, building the culture, getting, your right, getting the right recruits in for your system, all that other stuff, it plays an impact. So guess what, Ohio State? You got a rivalry again. Right. right, you're not you're not the bully on the block now. Now you got to figure out how to punch back. And for me, the biggest the biggest disappointment was C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, yeah. do you have that fucking killer instinct to go out there and fucking win the game? Because I'll be honest, I would have pulled his ass. I would have pulled his ass. I would have pulled his ass in the at the end of the third quarter. Said you're not getting it done. Right, like it's Ohio State. I got I I got another five star recruit behind you. Listen, Nick Saban did it. Nick Saban did it to to uh uh um. Uh, What's his name? Jalen Hurts. Uh, Phil, yeah, Jalen Hurts. He pulled Jalen Hurts, which I thought was insane, for Tua. Uh, for Tua. And, uh, um, and Tua comes in, plays a phenomenal game. They win the game, win the national championship. Uh, I thought that was a mistake, but it turned out to be fine. And Jalen Hurts is now fine, doing yep. very well on an 8-1 or 9-1 team in, in Philadelphia. Um, but if I were Ryan Day, I would have pulled Jalen Hurts at the end of the third quarter. Sorry. Pull CJ Stroud. Or, yeah, CJ Stroud. You can't pull Jalen Hurts. Can't, can't, cannot pull Jalen Hurts for a team you never Philadelphia played for. And go, hey, right. you, you're out of the you're, game. Out of the, no. Right. But you see what I'm saying there. Yeah, real quick, I, I don't want to talk about this until it actually happens in any great detail, but did you see who's rumored to be heading to the Colorado Buffaloes as their head football coach? Uh, Matt Rule, right? Or no, That's no, no, Nebraska. No, no, no. He's headed to Nebraska. Now, who's supposed to be going Deion there? Sanders. Get the fuck out of here. I read an article about it today. What did, you, what did you read? I will find it for you after the no, show. No, no, no. What, what did the article say? It said that they had strong interest and they expected to make an offer this week. Oh, Dion ain't going. Why not? He don't need to. That's true. Dion, That's true. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dion did what he did for one reason. Dion did what he did because he saw the inequities in the historically black colleges and their football programs. Dion is at Jackson State because he wants to be there. Dion doesn't give a shit about moving up in the ranks and all that other stuff. Dion wants to make Jackson State a powerhouse. Dion wants to make it. Like, and Dion has already done it, right? Because Dion's like, we'll play anybody anywhere, anytime. Put us on the schedule. And they're like, no, right? Because now you play at Jackson State, and it's not only losing to a, to a 1AA school. Right or an FCS school. Yeah, but, now it's losing to an FCS historically black school. 
Could you imagine a USC, Ohio State, a, a, a Power 5 school, right? It was bad enough when Michigan lost to Appalachian State. Everybody lost their fucking mind. Yeah. Right? You lose to not only an FCS school, but you lose to an HBCU one. There's no, there's no Power 5 school that's going to play Dion and that crew, right? And so what's going to happen is that Jackson State is probably going to have to get moved up, right, into um, a, 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 an FBS conference, Right, and then that's how they're gonna have to play, and that's what Dion wants to do. Dion wants to Dion wants to be the Mike Shusevsky of college football. Duke was nothing before Mike Shusevsky got there. No one gave a fuck about Duke basketball, about Duke and sports, any way, shape, or form before he got there. True. Right, and now he but turned, he got there in what 1960. <laughs> right. Well, no, I think he got there in the whatever, but he got there before I was fucking born. Yeah. And he turned it into what Duke is now. Right, and 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 he's retired and left the legacy, and that's what that's. I think that's what Dion wants to do, right? And I think he's recruiting other former players, black players, to go to these HBCU schools, and say, look, we talk about giving back all the time. They talk about how we're selfish and we're greedy, and we got our 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 money and our cars and our houses. This is how we give back, and they're not wrong, right? Because those schools have been neglected financially in so many different ways, and these guys like Dion, like Dion, pays for so much shit at Jackson State. Because he's got the money and it doesn't matter, right? right? Like I don't even know. I don't know what they're paying him. If they're even paying him anything worth a shit at all, they're probably paying him just enough to say that they are. Um, but he's paid for like a lot of things at that school to upgrade the facilities, to upgrade the player experience. Plenty of guys out there in the who played in the NFL, who who can be good coaches, and that's the other thing. It allows those guys to have because a lot of those guys aren't going to get coaching opportunities for reasons that we don't even need to talk about, right? We know exactly why, right? So now here's your opportunity. Come in, let's build all these schools up. Let's return Grambling to its glory. Let's build up Southern. Let's build up Jackson State. Let's build them up, turn them into powerhouses, and do that thing that people have been talking about for a long time where the HBCU schools start to then really attract a lot of the major black talent, and then they stop going to these coaches like Dabo Sweeney and uh, Nick Saban, this, this dick bag over at Missouri talking about, oh, the players aren't showing the type of loyalty. I mean, we give them scholarships and all this other stuff, and now they get these NIL deals, and they're just going, they're going to all these different schools, and I don't think that's right. The same coach at Missouri who coached at Appalachian State for one year, had one good year and got the job at Missouri, right, and has the audacity to talk about the players. Like, motherfucker, how many people did you recruit based on, oh, I'm going to be here and I'm going to get your career, blah, 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 I'm going to get you to the NFL. You had your one good year and then you took the highest fucking paint, you took, you went to the highest fucking bidder, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, like, that's what I think the mission is there. So I, I highly doubt that Dion goes anywhere. Well, 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 now, listen, well, I could be wrong. Well, I thought about that when I was reading the article, that you can't lure him with just money because dude's got plenty of money. Um <clears throat> All right, man, we got to wrap this up, but we have not talked about the World Cup yet. And Team USA, have you been watching any? Yeah, so we tied twice, right? Like, so we, 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 we yes. went 1-1 one, one, and then we went 0-0. Zero, zero. Correct. Um, and so, like, but now we need to win to stay in if, to go to the round of 16? Correct. So if we win... What if we tie again? If we tie again, we are probably hosed. Because England's already got a win that's three points. Iran has a win that's three points. So and we play we, Iran. We right? play Iran on Tuesday. And if we beat them, we advance. If they tie us or beat us, they advance. 
with there's there's other possible angles. The funny thing is that Iran can play a different style if they think a tie is good enough, but a Wales win over England would make a tie not good enough for um, Iran. Iran. Um, so so uh, is there and, and a scenario where both teams could advance, Iran and the U.S. Like if, if we tie and Wales if, beats England and England's in Sri very Lanka strong. beats England, Senegal, England's um, in very strong, a uh, very strong position, because a tie advances them for sure. And I'm trying to remember, they beat the shit out of Iran, and then they tied us, so they got four points already. So, for them to not advance would be very surprising. A tie definitely gets them through. Um, but anyway, it's gonna be fun. I, I've gone on watching a couple of games. Um, I I have not. I just have not been in a position to like the games are at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So I it's, I'm usually doing something where I can't watch. Right. So I have to you know get the highlights on Sports Center and try to piece it together. And I, I don't know the World Cup format right in terms of how teams advance. Right? Like so, this isn't my wheelhouse. I just cheer for the USA and I root for the African teams to do good. Um, just because, okay. right? Um, I like Ghana because I love the way they play, and they apparently got screwed by yeah, Portugal. Yeah, against yeah, Portugal. Against Portugal. Yeah, I, and I just you know from a you know I just I don't know I just root for them because I am right. Right. I, mean, I understand. Did my ancestry DNA? You know, like thirty eight percent Nigerian. And I don't think they were in it. And then I've got I've got some Senegalese. Is that right? Right. Is that no, how you say that? that yeah. And. Uh, um, you know, got a little, little, like, had a little, uh, tut like in Cameroon, right? Got okay. some of that in me, too. So, was rooting for them, but, you know, ultimately I cheer for the USA, but in terms of how the scoring works and all that other stuff, like, I, I didn't even realize you could tie, right? Really? So, when I saw that, I'm like, this game's still going on? Oh, my God, because I thought it was like baseball, but, uh, no, I was not <laughs> no. correct. That's, so. why, that's why people hate soccer, is there's a lot of ties, and then in the games where there can't be a tie, they settle them with uh, penalty kicks, which is, Oh, that's right. Of course, so, I, so. I should have known that because of the uh, the the women's FIFA. There we go. All right, we should wrap it up. Any final comments? No, man, I'm good. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We're done.